Welcome to Echoes of Holiness podcast. I have the privilege that we have. I think so many times that we take it for granted. But oh, I'm so glad that serving God is never a compulsion, but it is always a privilege. Amen. We're happy that you're here tonight. We want to be a blessing and a help to you as we minister the Word of God. Certainly enjoyed this day. Had some wonderful instructions given to us in the services today. Brother Butler started out preaching to us, and then Brother Calicott delivered such a needful lesson to us today. Uh, every pastor ought to have that uh, lesson given in their church. It sure helped them. And every evangelist ought to hear that uh, lesson. It would certainly be helpful to us. Then I only <clears throat> stayed long enough to listen to Brother Bob Osborne, but he preached so well. And I do appreciate God's ministers doing all that they can for the Lord. We want to do our best tonight to preach to you the Word of God that God has laid upon our hearts. And we pray, as Brother Stricter's already concluded, or said in the conclusion of this service tonight, in the conclusion of the message, oh, that these altars would be lined with soul-seeking God. If you need something from the Lord, don't you wait till tomorrow night. Tonight, today, right now is the accepted time. And always, as always in my meetings, the altars is always open to sincere seekers. I've had a few that came to try to disturb the service. I pray that God would help me to discern and know the difference. Oh, yes, the devil uses many tricks, and I've had to discern some of those. But, oh, when you have a desire to seek God, that is the time to seek the Lord. In the 32nd chapter of the book of Numbers, turn there, and then we're going to the 5th chapter of St. Mark's Gospel. Numbers 32. Numbers chapter 32, verse 1. The Bible said, Now the children of Reuben and the children of Gad had a very great multitude of cattle. And when they saw the land of Jazer and the land of Gilead, that behold, the place was a place for cattle. The children of Gad and the children of Reuben came and spake unto Moses and to Eleazar the priest and said unto the princes of the congregation, saying, verse 5, Wherefore said they, If we have found grace in thy sight, let this land be given unto thy servants for a possession and bring us not over Jordan. St. Mark's Gospel, chapter 5. The Bible says in verse 1 of that chapter, And they came over unto the other side of the sea and to the country of the Gadareans. And when he was come out of the ship, Immediately there met him out of the tombs a man with an unclean spirit who had his dwelling among the tombs and no man could bind him, no, not with chains. 
because that he had been often bound with fetters and chains and the chains had been plucked asunder by him and the fetters broken in pieces neither could any man tame him and always night and day he was in the mountains and in the tombs crying and cutting himself with stones and when he saw Jesus afar off he ran and worshipped him and cried with a loud voice and said what have I to do with thee Jesus thou son of the most high God I adjure thee by God that thou torment me not for he said unto him come out of the man thou unclean spirit and he asked him what is thy name and he answered saying my name is legion for we are many and he besought him much that he would not send them away out of the country. Now there was nigh unto the mountains a great herd of swine feeding, and all the devils besought him, saying, Send us into the swine that we may enter into them. And forthwith Jesus gave them leave, and the unclean spirits went out and entered into the swine, and the herd ran violently down a steep place into the sea, they were about 2,000 and were choked in the sea. And they that fed the swine fled and told it in the city and in the country. And they went out to see what it was that was done. And they come to Jesus to see him that was possessed with the devil and had the legion sitting and cold and in his right mind. And they were afraid. And they that saw it told them how it befell to him that was possessed with the devil and also concerning the swine. And they began to pray him to depart out of their coast. In verse 10 of this chapter 5, the Bible said, And he besought him much that he would not send them away out of the country. I want to preach tonight on an atmosphere that makes the devil uncomfortable. An atmosphere that makes the devil uncomfortable. Bible readers and those that are familiar with this portion of Scripture, we know that this man that was possessed with a legion of devils was a supernatural being because of the supernatural powers of darkness that dwelt within him. He had been a victim somewhat of those trying to capture him. They would come and bind him with chains and with fetters. But because of this great power that was within him, the Bible said he would pluck those chains asunder and no man could bind him. No, not with chains, neither could any man tame him. And while I'm right here, I would like to say that sin cannot be tamed, neither can it be rehabilitated by man nor his program. So the Bible says, no doubt that he was a terror to the country because he dwelt among the tombs, and always day and night he was in the tombs crying and cutting himself with stones. So 
those that went out to capture him was a failure. They went home empty-handed because of the power that had this man bound. But there was a day when a little boat was making its way to the coast of Gadara. And inside this little boat there was a Nazarene from Nazareth, Jesus of Nazareth. And when that boat landed on the coast of Gadara and Jesus stepped his feet out on the bank of that territory, that spirit that was in that man recognized the authority and the power of the Son of God. And he cried out and said, I know thee who thou art. You are the Son of God. I know thee. And Jesus said, what is thy name? And he said, we are legion because we are many. And Jesus said, come out of the man, thou unclean spirit. The next verse, verse 10 says, as this legion of devils cowers down before the presence of the Son of God, they begin to beg Jesus and say, don't send us away. Don't put us back in the deep. Don't send us to the Abiah. We would want to stay right in this country. They besought him much, saying, don't send us out of the country. We want to stay right here in the coast of Gadara. We like the Gadarenes. We like it right here. Let us stay right here. But Jesus refused to give in to that spirit. And even though somewhat, as they begged for a compromise to enter into the swine, he gave them leave and those swine ran violently into the sea. But there was something about the coast of Gadara and the country of the Gadarenes that this spirit desired to dwell there. There was something about that country and its atmosphere that the devil enjoyed. And he desired to stay there. If he must leave this man, if he must come out and no longer possess this man, he said, let us stay in the country. Why did he want to stay there? Why did the legion want to stay there? Well, I read in your hearing when the children of Israel were coming out of Egypt's bondage on their way to the land of Canaan, on their way to the land that was flowing with milk and honey, on their way to the land of promise, on their way to the land of the covenant. Amen. The Bible tells us that the tribe of Reuben and the tribe of Gad and the half-tribe of Manasseh when they got to Jordan and they saw the plains of Jaser and Gilead, that they were a place for cattle, that it was a well-watered plain and a place for cattle. They asked Moses for a compromise. They said, don't bring us over Jordan. We'll take our inheritance right here on this side of Jordan. Amen. We're asking for a compromise. Give us our possessions here. Don't bring us all the way across this Jordan. But we'll take our inheritance 
on this side of Jordan. But wait a minute. Amen. The Ark of the Covenant is going across Jordan. And God's presence is going across Jordan. Amen. The power of God is going across Jordan. On the other side of Jordan is the land that was promised to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. On the other side was for the presence. And the power of God was going to rest. And the presence of the Lord was going to be. But these people desired to have materialistic things. They desired, amen, the things of prosperity more than they desired the presence and the power of the Son of God. So they said, let us stay right here on this side. I don't know how you feel, but there is not enough money in the world, amen, for me to trade the presence and the power of Almighty God for materialistic things. Listen now, amen, those, the, they finally reached a compromise with Moses. They even said, we'll go fight the enemy if you'll let us come back and dwell here in this country. We'll even go against the enemies of the Israelites if you'll let us return and have our possession here. It was finally granted to them, and they took up their possessions there. Reuben and the tribe of Gad and the half-tribe of Manasseh, they took their inheritance on this side of Jordan. Years rolled by. They inhabited that country. Their descendants came and gone. And hundreds of years passed. But when Jesus stepped his feet on that same territory where Gad and Reuben and Manasseh desired to stay, when Jesus came there, the first thing that met him was a legion of devils inside of a man. And at the presence of the Son of God, they realized that they were going to be disturbed. And they begged to stay right there. You don't understand what I'm preaching, but let me go a little farther. In Mark, the first chapter, the Bible said in the synagogue in Capernaum, the Jewish people gathered there with their scribes, and they read the law every Sabbath. They didn't realize that there was an unclean spirit in their midst. But one day this man called Jesus walked into that same synagogue, took that same book they were reading out of and began to read from the Word of God. And the Bible said they were amazed for he taught them as one that had authority and not as the scribes. And that spirit that had been lurking in that synagogue, when it sensed the presence of the Son of God, he cried out and said, I know this who thou art Jesus of Nazareth let us alone let us alone in the presence of the Lord that spirit was exposed you hear me tonight the reason the devil can hide and lurk in our churches and spirits of evil and lust and evil desires can hide in the corners of the church there is not enough of the presence and the power of Almighty God. You hear me? There is not enough of the presence and the power of Almighty God. But when the presence of the Son of God comes into our midst, sin is exposed. 
exposed. Sin is revealed. And the cover is pulled off the devil. I'll get back to that here in just a few moments. But I'd like to tell you tonight that when Jesus came into that synagogue, those men were not aware that this spirit was there. But it was there all the time. But when authority and power arrived, it uncovered the sin that was there. The reason so many people want to go to these charismatic churches where there is no conviction, where folks have not made a complete commitment, where they are like the children of Gad who have stopped without entering into the full inheritance of the Lord. They have settled for a compromise. The reason they are happy there is because the presence of the Son of God is not there. You hear me, preachers? If the Spirit and the power of God is not in your congregation, if the glory of God is not there, then your church has become a habitation of devils and a hole for every foul spirit and a cage for every unclean and hateful bird. Did you hear me? Oh, glory. They settle for a compromise. Now, hundreds of years later, when Jesus lands on that coast, here's a man possessed with a legion of devils. And the devils desired to stay right there. Am I right? They desired that atmosphere until Jesus got there. And when he got there, they become uncomfortable. Oh, hallelujah. One of our preachers who one time preached holiness, who has made his boast now since he has left holiness, that he has been delivered from bondage of holiness. Amen. He's made his boast. Amen. That no longer does he need holiness. He was in bondage all these years. His wife, you know, she's been a clipping and a snipping and a painting. Amen. Amen. She told my wife not long ago, said, we have gained 200 in our church since we've been there. No wonder, brother, the devil likes that atmosphere. He likes that compromising spirit. But oh, when the word of God is preached in its power and its entirety, it's going to expose the devil. I hope we can create an atmosphere here in Verona, amen, that the devil can't lurk nor hide in the shadows. The reason we've had so much sin in our churches exposed, I mean, it's come out, coming out gradually, but the reason this has been able to operate, and when some of it finally has come to surface, we found it was operating long ago. It just wasn't exposed. But oh, my brothers and sisters, when Jesus in all of his purity and all of his holiness, when he overshadows the congregation with his presence, amen, sinners cannot be comfortable in the presence of the Son of God. Brother Stricker, I can remember when sinners would come to God's house and the glory of God would so fill the congregation that they'd feel miserable. They'd either run to the altars or leave out of the house of God because of the presence of the Lord. 
So brethren, don't be surprised when these Babylon churches, amen, begin to grow in leaps and bounds and makes men like Brother Strickler look like he's not doing anything. Don't be surprised because Satan loves that atmosphere. That's why very seldom does a holiness preacher like myself ever get an opportunity to preach in one of those churches. Occasionally I do. And thank God for that opportunity. But not too often. Listen. Listen. They feel right at home in that compromising atmosphere. The ladies can wear their pantsuits and have them so tight they look like bullfighters out of old Mexico. They can wear rings on every finger, earrings in their ears, paint their faces, look like playboy, play girls out of the Playboy magazine. Amen. And they still claim to have the gifts of the Spirit. You see, the devil likes a religious attitude because the children of Gad even built an altar on this side of Jordan. But the Ark of the Covenant was on the other side. That's where the presence of God was. That's where the power of God was. Let them build their altars. Let them go through their form of godliness and their form of worship. But I know for the glory of God is. Whoa! Now listen. Listen to me preach. I've got something to tell you. Oh, that this church right here would be so filled and charged with the presence of the Son of God that those spirits of darkness cannot hide any longer. I was preaching revival in another state in a church, I very seldom take my text on the devil and demons and possession because I don't like to deal with that subject. There's this man that enjoy it. One man said, I just love to get the devil stirred up. I said, I don't because you could stir up more than you can cast out. I said, I stir up enough of them just preaching the word of God. But on this particular night, I felt like preaching on oppression of the devil and possession of the devil. There is a difference, you know. Even the children of God are oppressed by the devil and the spirits of darkness. But thank God we are not possessed and we will not be possessed as long as the blood covers our souls and our names are inscribed in the Lamb's book of life. We will not be possessed. But while I was preaching that message, Brother Williamson, there was a woman in the congregation who let out a scream, run out on the front porch of the porch of the church, took a single-edged razor blade and slit her own throat. Only the mercy of God she was spared. But here's the sad story. The pastor and the congregation were amazed and appalled. They said she's one of our workers here in the church. But that old suicide spirit had been there all the time. But when the presence and the power of the Son of God arrived through the preaching of the Word, it was exposed. And Jesus is just as close as His Word is. I said He's just as close as His Word is. When anointed men preach the Word of God, Jesus is there. Woo. Another occasion... 
I was preaching in the state of Oklahoma. One night as I was preaching the word of God, so great was the visitation of the Holy Ghost. And when the Holy Ghost visits, Jesus is always there because the Holy Ghost never takes any glory. He never even speaks of himself. Amen. He speaks of the Son of God and gives glory to the Son of God. And so great was the move of the Spirit. All of a sudden, a man and his wife run to the front of the church and interrupted the message. I said, what is it? They called for the pastor. They were the treasurer and the secretary of the church, man and wife. And because of the presence of God and the glory of God that was there, they made a confession for the last three years. They'd been stealing money out of the treasury of the church. That thing would have went on for years if the presence of God had not arrived on the scene. We've got to have more of the Spirit of God filling our congregations where sin cannot hide. Just recently preaching in a camp meeting, a woman that could pass anywhere. Her dress sleeves were to her wrist. Her dress was down here. She had her hair fixed very plain. I mean plain. Looked like the very, very picture of holiness. Could have gotten membership anywhere in any of our holiness churches, no doubt. But when the Spirit of God got to moving, this woman came at the altar call trembling. And she called me over and said, Preacher, I've got to talk to you. I've got to talk to you. I said, What is it, ma'am? She said, Oh, nobody knows it, but I'm smoking. I'm smoking cigarettes. I, I would have thought that would have been the last woman in that congregation to smoke cigarettes. Said, Nobody knows it, but I can't go on smoking them. And I hadn't even mentioned cigarettes. It was the presence of the Son of God that brought conviction. Oh, God. Give us the power of the Holy Ghost in the church once again to reprove sin. When that spirit of truth has come, it will reprove this world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment to come. Glory. The devil likes that on this side of Jordan. Hallelujah. And sometimes the enemy wants to cover up under a holiness garb. Hallelujah. 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 Let me hurry on. Listen. One other thing I want to tell you tonight. I was preaching in Costa Rica not long ago. I was not preaching against external, external worldliness and external holiness. I was preaching about Jesus Christ and his power to save. But there was a woman in that congregation right while I was preaching. Brother Mike Blue was there. If you know Brother Mike Blue, he'll tell you I'm telling the truth. Right while I was preaching, she runs to the front of the church. She stops in front of the pulpit. 
and starts taking them out of her ears and casting them down at the pulpit. Started unloading the things that had her burdened down right in the right in front of the church. And when she did, many others followed suit. When that woman made a break for holiness. Let me tell you something. We've got to have more of the presence of the Son of God in our churches today. In Isaiah, the third chapter, or sixth chapter, rather, it was Isaiah who said, In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw also the Lord sitting upon his throne, high and lifted up, and his train filled the temple. And above him were the seraphims. Each one had six wings. With twain they covered their face. With twain they covered their feet. And with twain they did fly. Yeah, you can read it there. Right there. What an atmosphere. And here Isaiah is looking into the heavens. Said, I saw the Lord high and lifted up. Now I know the Bible is against vain repetition. But it's not against repetition. A lot of times people say, well, Brother Rich, I heard you preach that over here or over there. I'd hate to think that I ever preached a message that would not bear repetition if it is the Word of God. I'm going to prove to you that God's not against repetition, only vain repetition. Above this throne was angelic beings. Amen. With two wings they were flying. With two wings, the seraphims were covering their feet. And with two wings, they were covering their face. One of them peeks out through those wings. And he sees the glory of the Holy Spirit. I'm undone. For I dwell, or I'm a man of unclean lips. And I dwell in the midst of a people with unclean lips. For my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Oh, in the presence of the Lord, sin is always revealed. That's why I don't believe in these so-called messages and interpretations in many of these worldly churches. Yea, my children, I am well pleased with thee. Oh, children, well, I'm pleased with thee, saith the Lord. I, yea, my children, I am well pleased with thee. Oh, Children, where I'm pleased with thee, saith the Lord. I've come down to dwell with thee. Let me tell you something. Amen. If Isaiah fell down and said, Woe is me. If angels could not look on his holiness, lady, how can you walk in in your pantsuit? Amen. Your face painted up and cigarette cuts between your fingers into the holiness of God. I'll declare unto you tonight, if we could get enough of the presence of the Lord here, every minister, including Brother Don Rich, would have to fall prostrate on our faces and cry, Woe is me, for I am undone. Woe is me. But adultery, fornication, lasciviousness, uncleanliness, even homosexuality has come into our holiness churches singing hymns and songs of Zion. 
playing musical instruments. They seem to go unchecked. Brothers and sisters, the reason they go unchecked, there is not enough of the presence of the Son of God. But when Jesus came into that synagogue, amen, that spirit cried out and said, let us alone. And everywhere Jesus went, the devil was acknowledging the presence of the Son of God and saying, we know thee who thou art. In the 17th chapter of the book of St. Matthew's Gospel, Jesus was on the mountain praying. His disciples were down below. There was a man who had a son who was a lunatic, possessed of the devil. The Bible says that the father's own confession says he casts him into the fire and into the water. And he brought him to the disciples, but they could do how much? How much? How much could the disciples do? Was it because they did not have the authority? Had Jesus already given them authority over unclean spirits? Most certainly had. But they did not have the power. There's a difference between power and the authority. An officer may have the authority to take three thugs in out here. But he doesn't have the power sometimes. They overpower him. And the church has been given the authority over the power of the devil. But we, many times, are lacking in power. So the disciples could do nothing. When Jesus came down off the mountain, the Father said, I want you to look at my son. He's foaming at the mouth. Oftentimes times the Spirit cast him into the fire and into the water to drown him. And I brought him to your disciples, but they could not cast that spirit out. And Jesus turned to his disciples and rebuked them and said, Oh, faithless generation, how long will I be with you? How long will I suffer you? And then he cast that spirit out. Oh, it fell like a dead man, all right. But, and some said he was dead. But Jesus lifted him up. Oh, hallelujah. Delivered by the power of the Son of God. The disciples came to Jesus later and said, Why could not we cast him out? And Jesus said, Because of your unbelief. Is that what he said? Then he goes on and tells about the grain of mustard seed. But then he says, how be it, this kind. Well, you've cast out some, all right. But this is a different kind. This kind. This kind right here. Brothers and sisters, I'm going to tell you, we are up against a different kind. Did you hear me? We are against religious devils like we've never been before. Amen. We're against those that can sing like mockingbirds and sing the hymns of Zion and profess godliness. But oh, in their lives they deny that they know the Son of God. This kind cometh not but by prayer and by fasting. Oh, glory to God. I must be honest, brethren. I've cast out a few devils in my time. 
through the power of Jesus Christ and in his name. But I'm running into a different kind now. Amen. This kind. It's going to take more than we've ever did before to have the power of God in the church. But we can have it. We can have it. Not only can we have the authority, but we can have the power. Oh, it's awful quiet now. I know there's some spirits lurking in here tonight. I know it. I know there's some things that's covered up and hid in this place tonight. But they're not hid from the presence of the Son of God. Hallelujah. 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 Oh, yes. When you get over on this territory, you can feel the spirits of darkness moving in against you when you're preaching the Word of God. When I stand my ground and plead the blood of the Lamb of God, the Bible said they were made overcomers by the Word of their testimony and by the blood of the Lamb. The church has the authority, but we're lacking in power. Do you agree with it? On the humorous side, the, bar, uh, the story goes that an old, a farmer had a farm, and a farm inspector come out and said, I'm out here to inspect your farm. The farmer said, well, I uh, need to tell you something. No, don't tell me nothing. Here's my card. I've got the authority. been sent out here by the authorities as a farm inspector. Here's my credentials to show it. And he said, I'm going to inspect your farm. Farmer said, you better let me talk to you here. I know, no, no, I don't have time to go and inspect your farm. He started out across the fence. Farmer said, you better wait a minute. Let me tell you. I've got my card. I've got the authority to do it. Went out and started circulating the farm. After a while, the old farmer heard him hollering, help, help. He looks out. The old bull, just as he suspected, has him up a tree. The farmer says, show him your card, inspector. Show him your card. Well, let me tell you, we've got all kinds of credentials in our hands. Amen. We've got membership in our hands. But do we have the power to rebuke the spirits of darkness and them to flee? So the children of Gad settled there in that geographical location. They were, they were cattle men. But over the years, something had happened. And the land was possessed with legions of devils. Instead of their prosperity, it had backfired on them. And they'd been reduced to the low, meager occupation of raising swine. Ah, yes. I'm telling you, young preachers don't sell out for prosperity. Don't sell out for fancy things. Amen. Don't sell out for materialistic things. Go on across Jordan. Make complete commitment of your life. Amen. Go all the way with God. And don't stop short of the mark. Fancy clothes. And I look pretty good tonight. Thanks to Sister Dorothy Horn sitting right there. I look pretty good tonight in this three-piece outfit. Hallelujah. Thank God for people that help you along the way. 
I'm going to tell you something. The devil's not afraid of fancy clothes. He's not even afraid of loud praying. He's not afraid of beautiful singing. As a matter of fact, I've seen some folks try to shake the devil out of some. The devil's not afraid of any of that. All he is afraid of is the presence of the Son of God in your life. But oh, if Christ lives within you, as Paul said, I am crucified with Christ. Yet I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth within me. He's in you. The presence of the Lord is there. Remember when I was a sinner, there were some folks I didn't like to be around. I did not have one thing on their lives. It was just that they were so holy that when I got in the presence of them, I felt uncomfortable. Did you know that every sinner should feel uncomfortable here tonight? So I'm always supposed to welcome the sinner. I'm telling you, if you feel uncomfortable here tonight, that's just the way you're supposed to feel. I've had him to tell me, Brother Rich, when you walk by me, you scare me. I wish I could scare you more. I wish there would be something about my presence that you could detect the presence of the Son of God in your life and you'd want to get rid of sin. Oh, glory. Listen to me now. Listen to me. God wants the church to be pure. As a matter of fact, that's the only way his church is going to be. Amen? And if you don't go, and if this generation don't want to line up, he's already got him a good church in the ground that he can raise again. Hallelujah. So I want to be in that number. But the Lord wants us to be pure, but we can never have purity without the presence of the Son of God. Oh, but in His presence, you feel condemnation in His presence. Whenever the glory of God begins to move in the church, sinners begin to squirm. And that's why you can't get some of them to come back to God's house. They come one time and the glory of God moves and the minister preaches with power and with authority over the devil and they don't want to come back because they love darkness rather than light because their deeds are evil. That's why we're having a hard time, those of us that's trying to hold a standard of holiness. That's why we're having a problem of getting folks to come to our churches. That's why they're running to these liberal churches by the hundreds. They feel comfortable in that religious atmosphere where they do not have to make a full commitment of their lives, where they can shout and run and jump and prophesy and speak in tongues and then live just like the world. But on the other side of Jordan is where that Ark of the Covenant went. And that's where I want to be, where the presence of the Lord is. A few years ago, I had a radio program preaching over the radio at the same time every day of the week. One night I got a call just as I went off the air at the church. I was preaching. I had a hookup direct from the church. And as I went off the air, the phone rang. I picked it up. Lady on the other end said, Brother Rich, 
you don't know me, but I'm one of your regular radio listeners. And she said, I've called because I need to talk to you. I said, all right. She said, can you cast out devils? Must be honest. I went silent for a few seconds. I said, no, ma'am. I cannot, but I've got a friend who can. Then she told me a sad story. Said, I'm a widow woman. I live with my son who's in his 20s. He is possessed of the devil. Said, when I get down to pray, he gets over the top of me and curses and blasphemes God while I'm trying to pray. I have bruises and lacerations on my body where he kicks me and beats me when I'm trying to pray. So sometimes we'll go to eat our lunch or a meal at the table and this spirit will come up on him while I'm asking the blessing and he gets up and turns the table completely over. And she said, then other times he's a real gentleman. Oh, the devil's got many faces. Didn't you know that? Amen. And she said, Brother Rich, I know that he's possessed with a devil. And I don't know who else I can call. Will you come and cast the devil out of my son? I hesitated a few seconds. And finally I said, yes, I will. And she said, when can, what time can I expect you today? I said, I'll not be there today. A lot of folks would have run right over there. So I'll not be there today. I'll take your name and phone number. And when I'm ready to come, I'll come. Went home and told my wife. And we went on a fast. I told the church that somebody was needing deliverance. And I asked everyone that would to fast with me and pray with me. I don't know who did and who didn't. Some folks don't care. They're like these Gadareans. They'd rather have their swine than to have somebody delivered by the power of God. And that same old spirit of materialism was still there when Jesus got there. And after Jesus set that man free, they prayed him to depart out of their coast. They couldn't afford to have the Son of God there. So I asked the church to pray. Sister Rich and I went on a fast. On my fifth day of fasting, and I'm not telling this for glory, I'm just telling it how it happened. On my fifth day of fasting without food or water, on my fifth day, God spoke to my heart and said, Call the lady and tell her you'll be there today. I've given you power in my name over that unclean spirit. I called her and told her as soon as my broadcast went off the air, I'd be there to pray for her son. And she remembered and said, Bring your friend with you that knows how to cast them devils out. Brother, I would not have dared went over on the devil's territory without him. That's why the church is in mockery tonight. It's because we're like the disciples. We could do nothing. Remember one night here, Brother Stricker, one year, I think it was 87 or 86, I was preaching this meeting. And we run, we jump, we crawl over benches. Amen. We shouted. We almost took this place down but at the conclusion of that service 
somebody brought a little child up here that was afflicted and not one of us could get the victory for that child. You remember that? And so I called this lady and I said, as soon as I go off the air, I'll be there. I went off the air, got in my car, went across Kansas City, Kansas over on the Missouri side. I got over there to this address. This old sister was out on the parking lot walking. When I drove up in the yard, the Lord witnessed to me that she was a child of the king. So I knew I wasn't there alone. I had, you know, two are better than one. You knew that, didn't you? Amen, two are better than one. And what she showed me that day hurt me so much. A night or two before I arrived, she was praying, and her son had snatched hair out of her head and left a ball spot about the size of a small apple or a tennis ball right in the back of her head. She showed me bruises on her legs, and she said she had them on other parts of her body, and I don't doubt it because of that spirit that was in her own son. I said, Brother Rich, before you go in there, I want to tell you something. I said, sometimes he curses and talks very filthy. And I'd like to apologize if he says something to you that wouldn't be right. I said, let me apologize in advance. I said, I understand, ma'am. I understand. And uh, we made our way into that house. I saw no one for a little while, for a few moments, and I started talking to this lady. And coming out of the bedroom came a man just about the size of Brother Lee Strickler. And he came out and started walking straight toward me. I'll never forget the holy boldness that God put in my soul that day. I'll never forget how firm my feet was fastened. Oh, as he started toward me, I started to speak to him. And the Spirit of the Lord said, set up no communication with him. He come right toward me. And I stretched out a hand with very little effort, just stretched it out. When my fingers touched him, I said, devil, you've got to come out of him in the name of Jesus. God is my witness. That big man went down like you'd hit him between the eyes with a 16-pound sledgehammer and laid there like a dead man. That sister knew that the spirits of darkness was leaving her son. And she started walking around and around him saying, Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I saw that she was going to get a blessing, so I decided I'd get me one too. I got right in behind her, and in unison we were saying, Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. And then... I heard a third voice join us saying, thank you, Jesus. And I looked down, and out of the lips of that big man was praises to the Son of God saying, thank you, Jesus. I'm telling you, church, it is available. Not only the authority, but the power is available. If we want to pay the price, we can have the power. I got a call from that man several years later. He said, Brother Rich, I thought you might like to know 
that I'm going to church. And every time the church doors open, I am there. I have not been tormented by that spirit since the day you came. That spirit had to leave me. I'm telling you, church, if we'll live sanctified lives, if we'll live pure and holy, if we'll dedicate ourselves to God and get on across Jordan where the presence of the God Almighty is, we can have a holy church and sin cannot stay. I said sin. I'm going to kind of hurry and close, Brother Strickler. I know I'm preaching a long time tonight. But Brother Williamson, the power is available. But not many of us want to pay the price. But we are running up a different, against a different kind. Aren't we, brethren? Oh, yes. We're up against something that's different. But the power of God is still available against the powers of darkness. And greater is he that is within us than he that is within the world. Oh, in Verona, at the ninth Annual Holiness Convention, I'd like for the atmosphere of the Son of God so fill this tabernacle that once again sin would cry out. I don't like to be disturbed. That Spirit said to Jesus, let us alone. Let us alone. You ever have that Spirit to cry out against you? You pastors get up and start preaching against something in your church and that same old spirit still alive. Leave us alone. Don't preach that. Come on, Don Rich. You're supposed to be evangelist. Preach something good about the love of God. I'm telling you, the love of God declares, amen, that sin shall not have dominion over you. And if sin shall not have dominion over you, that means you can have dominion over sin. Oh, the devil hates this kind of preaching. I'm not running no popularity polls or clubs. I'm trying to defeat the devil and his purpose against the church of the living God. Have we crossed all the way over Jordan? Or have we settled for an inheritance? this side. Let me close by saying this. Hallelujah. That this spirit that desired to stay there, if it gets a foothold in this church, it'll be hard to get out. That's why, brethren, we need to nip sin in the bud. Hold on now. I said when we very first sense a little bit of worldliness, we should ask the question, what will this lead to? Will it lead to a stronghold for the devil? That's what happened in many of our denominal churches. They allowed just small things, and the devil got a stronghold. And whenever the Spirit of the Lord tried to move, those devils would beseech and, be, and beg to be left right there. And a lot of preachers, have cowed down to that spirit seeking for money 
seeking for the things this world has to offer. Amen. I appreciate all that God's people does for me. But I'm going to tell you right now, this is one preacher that's not for sale. I'm going to preach God's holy word and declare unto you, it is holiness or hell. Say, I'll take my offerings and put them in my pocket. Keep your offerings. I'm going to preach the gospel. Amen. Because I must give an account. I've already declared unto you that there's some spirits that are hiding here tonight. Right here tonight. Some unclean spirits in this place tonight. Some time ago, I was praying, Brother Savage. I told the Lord, I said, Lord, if there's places where holiness is needed and they're not hearing holiness, if you'll open the door for me, I'll go and preach holiness. I did not know that God was listening so close to my prayer until a charismatic camp meeting called me and said, Brother Rich, we got a hold of two of your tapes from where you was preaching at CM Butler's. And it just so happened the two tapes they got a hold of was tapes where I was preaching other things other than holiness. And they said, we want you to be our camp meeting speaker. I said, well, I don't know you. You don't know me. Tell me about yourself. He told me a little bit. said he was a graduate from Kenneth Hagin uh, Bible College, Rama Bible College in Broken Arrow, Oklahoma, and told me a little bit about himself. And I thought, now, wait a minute. I don't want to get him. And the Lord said, yeah, you told me you would. You told me you would. So I told him, I'll take your number and call you later. Took his number and called, and the Lord kept saying, You told me you'd go. You told me you would. I called him back, and I said, When's the date? Told me, I said, I'll be there by the help of the Lord. I was not prepared for what I found when I got there. The song leader had on them imitation they call them culottes, hair bob, big earrings on, and preacher's wives was coming to the day services in their shorts. Mm -hmm. When I saw what was happening, I said, Lord, let me head on out of here. And the Lord said, you told me you would. You told me you would preach it. I've opened the door for you. Now preach it. And so I shouldered my responsibility and said, God, I told you I would. And if you'll give me the strength, I will. Went to preaching holiness. They didn't like it. Preached it the next night. They still didn't like it. Third night, it was an integrated congregation, blacks and whites. That was all right. Black man was over here leading the songs with the white woman on that side. Same one that was all painted up, big earrings and her culottes on. Black men started singing. They started singing, feeling so much better. Since I laid my burdens down, that's okay. Started singing. 
feeling just like dancing. Says I lay my burdens down. That man had on a pair of two-tone shoes, and brother, he was feeling just like dancing. That's all right. But after a while, brother Strickler, he got to singing. I'm feeling. Thank you to all who join us in making Echoes of Holiness Radio possible. The advertisements provide less than 20% of the cost of broadcasting. We appreciate all that have helped to make up the difference. To contact us about partnering with us in prayer for Echoes of Holiness or about contributions, you may do so at Echoes of Holiness Radio P.O. Box 161, Augusta Springs, Virginia 24411 or online at echoesofholiness.org. Thank you for joining us this year. 